I don't know if you had the chance to go to Mars, like, would you go? Absolutely would you be one not. of the first ones. Yeah. There's no, because no I think I'd reason. waste too much time getting there. I'm sorry, right. Ro, but like yeah, this world like, is big enough. We have plenty places to go here. Like, there's so much I need to see on Earth. Yeah, but like you could be one of the first humans. And do what? Roll in the Mars dirt together? Yeah, just fucking start a literally start a new world. We would what? be working twenty four hours a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Trying but to build be... Mars. Yes. I think Ro just wants yes. to spread his seed. No, that's not even. Like, that's not I, even it. I created they... the first Martians. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll literally never pick me if we're talking about genetics because I'm like way low on the total. So what pole. would they but be? Half how, Martian, how, half how American. Awesome. Yeah. Well, okay. First of all, American, there's a whole world. All right. It, this isn't like, yeah, it's just America's the world. But like, I'm saying, but you, you would be the one producing them. Like, you're from America. Yeah. If I had an alien son, how fucking cool would that be? Bro, I'm done with you. Have you even you asked me mean? if she wants to go? Do you know what I mean? Like, that would be sick. It's like, hey, That'd baby, so I'm wild. going to Mars. See you like, next you don't. And, record like and tiktok casey's reaction to you saying like hey i think we need to move to mars then i'll be oh, really upset we've talked about that it has she's like done. she's like what the fuck hey, would i do casey, I'm like, oh, i know i just cool. got my phd but fuck it we're gonna go to mars now but let's go to mars yeah that would be sick <laughs> no space is terrifying what if you like got loose and you're just like floating in the <laughs> air forever <laughs> then, then at least you go down in history for being like, one like of the Rose ones who just tried. like floating around in space. You know, like like everyone knows about the Challenger. Everyone knows about like things that did not go well. And so either we land on Mars and we're fucking almost literal gods, or we get lost <laughs> in the vacuum of space and people forever remember that. It's a win win in my book. Oh, like you're gonna die anyway, right? So it's like yeah. If you die in space, you'll be one of, the, one of the first ones to just get lost. Boop. Boop. I feel oh, like my God. Anyway, let's, let's just let's start. Welcome back to another episode of the Health Unfiltered Podcast. My name is Nicole, and I am with my two besties and co-hosts. Say, hey, gay. Oh, God. Nope, I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Hello, gang. Is she deep throat in the mic? What is she doing over there? (laughs) Oh, my God. Bro, please cut it all out. (laughs) No, I'm going to keep that. I got to keep it. (laughs) No. Oh shit! Okay. Are we just are we still going? Say, say yeah, just hey. keep going. Say just hey, keep people. going. Just go. Ahead, just keep going. Uh, that was amazing. I can't breathe. We haven't even we haven't even started drinking yet. Oh my god! I hate my life. It's okay. <laughs> let's, keep, let's keep rolling with it. Oh, oh my god! god. Ah. Ah, the gang is here. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what just came out of my mouth. I don't know, you know. It's a good uh, question. <laughs> Whatever. What's 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 next? Okay, let's see here. What are we drinking? Since we, we can't say hello, what are we drinking? Jesus. I'm not even drinking alcohol and I'm cr- I'm losing my shit over here. Oh man. <laughs> I don't know. 
Uh, what are you I'm not drinking bro? either, so Ro, what are oh you drinking? God. I'm drinking la- my lavender calming tea. It doesn't do shit, but <laughs> yeah, I feel better I about my life. Definitely doesn't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Nobody's going to listen that. to this. I love that. It doesn't do anything about my life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Pull it together, people. We're pro. You're gonna have to cut so much out. I hope you're taking notes. No, there's no cutting. This is all. (laughs) This is all staying in it. Shout out (laughs) to everyone listening. Yeah, the only one drinking. Just keep talking. Yeah, I I guess so. Uh, Well, I watched the fights last night and had. I was telling you guys earlier that I I was having like a fat day today. I'm like just loaded with alcohol. I feel feel so heavy. but I was like, oh, well, we're just going to let little hair of the dog, even though it's already like 5 p.m. But um, I've never had this. It's from Founders. It's called Rubaus. It's a pure raspberry ale. Um, and let's see, let's see how this goes. Oh. Interesting. Oh, man. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> it... oh. I think we got oh, our no. answer. Yeah, that's a, that's a no for me, dog. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Go get your yeah, lavender you know, tea ready. You know, you know what's so so funny is I, I did pick it because I was like, oh man, I'm hoping that like I don't enjoy it so that I don't drink all of it because I'm still kind of like a little hungover. And that was a good call because I that was not good. So I'll probably sip on it every now and then, but yeah, yeah, no. Uh that's the first one I've had on I think on on the show where I've been like, no, that's gross. Yeah. What but, so yeah, what is it? Is it a sour? Like what kind of beer? I don't I don't know. It definitely it doesn't taste like a sour because a sour is like, you know, a sour. This is just, I have no idea. Pure raspberry ale. Just straight up ale. Weird. Interesting. Yeah. Well, here I go again. So what about you, Nicole? What are you drinking? I'm just drinking water. You know, good thing oh, because we're starting off strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we originally were I like, well, let's that. both do hotty toddies. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. When... Nicole was just here for, I don't know, how, like six days? Five days. Too fucking long. <laughs> Five days. I had a busy-ass week, and I'm watching your guys' stories, and I'm like, thank you. That's very cool. We, we, we also had a, a busy week, but we did enjoy ourselves. Um, but we didn't even drink that much. Nicole's like, we've gotten soft. Like, we maybe had, like, mm-hmm. two glasses of wine one night, like, a beer out one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's enough. Yeah. I was like, I just need to hydrate. I know. I definitely felt that too. So that's what I'm doing. But Mm-mm. let's let's look at the question of the week. So <laughs> our question of the week this week is going to be, what does it mean when I get a sugar craving at night after I've already had dinner? What are our thoughts? Great question. My initial thoughts are, when you experience cravings at night, It's usually a sign of a couple things that have to do with energy balance. Either you're not fueling enough consistently over the long term, like let's say like a whole week perspective for your activity level, or throughout the day, you haven't gotten enough fuel in that day. So I think to me, the first thing I would look at is energy balance. Are you eating enough calorie-wise, pictured into your week, pictured into your day? And then I would specifically look at carbohydrates. If you're craving something sugary, Uh, that's the other big thing that I would look at. Also, sometimes you just crave sugar when you're really tired and you haven't been sleeping and your body's like, I need energy from something else. So those are my Mm -hmm. initial thoughts. What about you, Coco? Yeah, I definitely think 
asking yourself, like, have I had enough to eat today? Have I had enough to eat over, you know, the past several days, several weeks? But also just to touch on again of asking yourself, like, am I restricting something? Because like we've talked about multiple times on the podcast, that restriction leads to overconsumption later. Um, So definitely like, ask yourself, am I restricting sugar? Is this something that I'm afraid of? And am I trying to like will myself to stay away from it? Because that's definitely going to lead you to being like more drawn to it. And especially like Brooke said, when you get to the end of the day, you're tired, you're exhausted. There's probably a million other things going on, such as stress. Um, you add all that on top of like not being adequately fueled. And then also that restriction piece, you're going to end up eating something that's pretty high in calories, sugar, or fat. So those are definitely the things I would look for. Nice. Good answer. Cool. I don't think I get sugar so, um, the topic this week is we really wanted to get into what it looks like to hire a coach, how you know like when to hire a coach, who you should hire, and those red flags to avoid. We'll be sharing some personal stories about our own experiences. So I'm really excited to dive into this because we're all coaches, obviously, and this is what we do for a living. But not only that is we've also hired coaches in our own life. So I'm excited to dive in. Me too. Yeah. Should be should be should be interesting. A lot of us being like, why? Why are you doing that? What the hell? <laughs> yeah. <wrong> you? <laughs> cool. So um do you need a coach? And why does anyone ever need a coach? What are what are your first thoughts, Ro? Yeah, so so when I first like read this, I was like, you know, there's so many people that <sighs> we'll set goals for for whatever and we're gonna obviously stick specifically to like health or fitness or performance, right? That's really all we're uh, allowed to talk about as quote unquote experts. We're going to talk about that later. Um, but like, you know, like it, it really comes down to like, what are your goals? And then how important are those goals to you? Because if, if it's like, Hey, I want to maybe lose five pounds and maybe, you know, put 20 pounds on a back swap, but like, it is what it is. If it, if it never happens, it's fine then yeah, don't pay for a coach, right? But if you're like, I have to do this, <clears throat> I want to perform in this, I need to look this way because of whatever reason, then I think that's when you should start thinking about maybe getting a coach. Um, but the next thing that I think is really important is like, you know, if if you've been doing something for a while um, or you've been trying to get to some certain goal and it hasn't happened, like, what is going wrong? Like, what is wrong? And being honest with yourself, like, yeah, I actually don't know anything about basic periodization. I've just kind of gotten strong and now I've stalled out. Or, yeah, you know, I, I did cut out a bunch of carbs and I lost 20 pounds and it was great, but like, I can't sustain this this lifestyle. Or I, you know, have done a bunch of fat diets before. None of them have worked. So clearly I don't like know the right things to do. So it's like, what what went wrong or is going wrong when you are in charge of training yourself and whether <clears throat> whether that's so you can answer a coach um or it's for you like thinking about you know the things that you could work on it's really important to start with that you know like why 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 aren't you succeeding in the things that 
that you want to succeed in because maybe you have no idea. And it's really good to have like an outside perspective to be like, hey, let's lay it out on the line so that I can see this is not right. Or you are aware and you just don't have the the power or the knowledge to to fix that. Um, and I think like that's when you might need a coach. Um, but those are like my my initial thoughts on on it. Yeah, for sure. And I think when I think about hiring a coach, the biggest thing, especially over like the last couple of years, really ask yourself, what is the cost of inaction? So if there's something that you've been struggling with, if there's something that you really have been working towards and you're not seeing that progress that you feel like you maybe should be seeing, or there's still a lot of roadblocks, questions that are coming up, you know, at what point is it important to you to reach out and get that help from someone who is going to just be able to come in with this knowledge and expertise to really see that those gaps that need to be filled and those little itty bitty tweaks that could be either added, changed, whatever it is into your routine. And that's where you're really going to see, you know, amazing progress that you maybe never would have seen if you didn't hire that coach. Yeah. And this makes me think of a couple things. When we were talking about other dietitians, Nicole and I recently were talking about this, other dietitians hiring other dietitians for themselves. And really a big part about hiring a coach is you're hiring someone for the application and for the accountability. So even though we're all dietitians, we are trained, we're trained in the same basic things. We might not know how to best apply something. Like, for example, if someone's got, you know, you know, they're looking for someone to help with fertility and maternal nutrition. Yes, I learned that in school, but that's absolutely not my area of expertise. And I would refer to someone who is. So it's like, even if that is your area, but there's someone who knows a little something more than you that can help you with the practical application, that's really valuable. And a huge part of being a coach is not necessarily that people are hiring you for the knowledge base, you know, there's a lot of information out there. They're hiring to make sure that they have the accountability and support to actually see these things through and know how to apply it in their own life in a way that makes sense. Yeah. I think accountability is a huge thing because like, uh, let's be honest, like we, we, we have known for a long time that, that Americans and a lot of the world is starting to become like unhealthy. And it's not really until like we've really kind of broken down we're like oh man we need to change our life but at that point it's like well now you gotta be on pills and i have to blah blah blah, all that good stuff but so you know we don't we don't take health and longevity like as as, it's not super important to us until like we realize that it's something that's kind of going away but money is a really good driver of whether people will do things or not so you know there's there's so many family programs that I that I wrote because I was just like yeah like I'm just trying to help my uncles my cousins my whatever friends and it was very time consuming you know but it's like I'm doing my best to help these people and then they wouldn't do it and it was like yeah yeah well you know I just decided to do something else and it was like okay cool I'll go fuck myself but (laughs) most importantly it was because they weren't like losing anything right it was like me doing it as a favor whatever but when you're like hey 
I'm going to charge you $300 a month. And if you don't do that, then you're out $300. I got what I, you know, I gave you my service. And if you want to consistently throw your money away, that's on you. But like, it's very easy for someone to, it's, it's more tangible to be like, okay, I threw away $300 this month because I didn't do the things that I said I was going to do. I didn't do the things that my coach and I were going to do. And so that is a really good motivator for 90% of people that, that, that I've worked with because, you know, you wouldn't just like throw away money. So like that gets you off your ass a lot of the times. Yeah. When yeah. we pay, we play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I also think it's really important to note that a lot of people think that they're going to hire a coach and that coach is just going to solve all their problems. Yeah. You have to show up and you have to put in the work. You know, your coach is not your savior. And I think that's like a huge reminder that you also have to tell yourself of if you're not in a place to take that action and like really show up and just like be able to push through the good and the bad, then maybe it's not the time to invest yeah. in a coach. You know, you really have to analyze your readiness as well. Yeah. Even the best of coaches cannot show up, make you get up, make you do the work, make mm -hmm. you cook the food. Like yeah. if I figured that out, I'd be a millionaire, but I have not yet. <laughs> so it's like you, you know, you have to get up and, and do the work. So that's a really good point. Like yeah. when are you not ready for a coach? And that's definitely when you aren't in a place where you can put in that effort and commit that time and energy. Mm -hmm. yeah brooke just starts yeah, cloning think... herself in her back room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well like you know uh one of the one of the first clients that uh nicole and i had was someone who had uh, all the money in the world she was uh, very wealthy and um was limited <laughs> on time like everyone else but her thing is that like we put so much effort in and she was just like well i'd like I just need someone here who's going to actually cook the food and is like going to sit down and like feed me and we're like well, that's just not a thing. Like, we <laughs> we we can't do that because we're virtual. But also, like, you know, unless you hire like a an, a live-in RD slash cook, that shit is not gonna happen. And it's just because this person, like, and she definitely wasn't at a place in her life where she should have been doing it. And it was one of our first clients, so it was definitely a growing moment there. But like, you know, you you, it, it's like that saying of like, you you can take a horse to water, right? But they're going to decide whether they're going to drink it or not. And that's, that's such a, a huge component um, to the success of the client or yourself. And that is like, you just talked about, like something that you have to think about yourself. Are you at a point? Yes or no? Yeah, for sure. All really important things to consider, but what do you, what do you all think makes a good coach? I think one of the biggest things is that they listen to you, uh, that they're able to be adaptable and build a program around your life rather than forcing you, your life into a rigid program or forcing mm -hmm. your life into their beliefs. It's more of adapting and seeing how it's a good fit and then listening to you for feedback on how to adjust. That's really, really important. The other thing I would say is having a good framework or periodization so that the client is making progress in a methodical way that really focuses on, you know, sustainable lasting change. And then I do think a skill that really good coaches have is being able to pace 
pace the process so that someone Mm -hmm. doesn't get overwhelmed because that's so common it's like it's information overload and so it's really like us knowing how to trickle out information in a way that makes sense so they have just enough tools to move forward and have what they need instead of giving them the whole war chest and they're like i don't know what to do with this (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah for sure i think as coaches we really do want to help you and we want to be able to like help you all at once but now like a good coach knows that that's actually not helpful because you're just going to get super overwhelmed you're going to be like wait you just threw all this information at me you gave me 15 tasks to do this week and I only have like an hour to really dedicate to all these things this week so yeah a good coach is going to be able to look at all of those different moving pieces in your life and they're gonna they're gonna take it one step at a time with you well, it's like, it's like learning when you're in elementary school, right? Like you don't show up the first day and they're like, here are all the shapes, numbers, and letters you have to fucking learn. And then you're like, what? Like, I don't know how, to, how any of this works. So like a good coach is a good teacher in that like you can scaffold things, right? Before we even get you on any sort of like specific macros or whatever, uh, we need to make sure that you have good eating habits, right? Uh, before I can tell you, that you have to be eating or drinking a certain amount of water, we have to know you're going to drink water at least once a day, right? And the same thing with exercise. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, let's try to get you to squat if if I know you can't even like do a lunge by yourself without falling over. And so a lot of that, yeah, is just like being able to, to, to pace them, like you said. But I think on the other hand, there are some like really high level clients who are like, I get it, like, I I have everything I need. Like, I just need someone to hold me back. And so sometimes that's that's you as a coach being like, hey, you are doing a lot of things correctly, but you are moving too fast. So my job is going to be to like, you know, cut out volume. Uh, I don't know things specifically for food, but, but you know, I'm going to make sure that you aren't working out six days a week because that doesn't make any sense. But we're going to focus on, you know, maybe the, the little things that you've kind of blown past because they already have that war chest, right? But now you can teach them like, okay, how do you actually use this thing? Um, So I think that that's like a a really important point as well. Um, I think when you, you should ask questions like always. And I think that's like, especially true when you're starting. So like, what is the formal education of the coach? Um, Who have they worked with? And then how successful have they been working with those people? Um, you know, who have they learned from? What have they learned from their experiences? How many years of experience do they have? And then what have they been able to do with all of that? Because you could say like, hey, I've worked in the NFL. I've worked with UFC athletes, blah, 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 blah. But um, I can't get you to do a goddamn thing. And it's like, well, then what good are you? Like, this is just on paper that you're like this great thing but you can't even get me to stick to my goals because you don't even know how to how to talk to me or whatever. Uh, and it's like, you know, the, the difference between someone who has like a, a, a who has spent all of their life in the lab and getting a PhD and saying like, yeah, people just need to exercise more. Like it's, we know everything. It's like, cool. How are you going to get that person exercise? They're like, I don't know. Like, I'm not a coach. It's like, okay, cool. And then on the other side of that, you have coaches that are like, I can get this person to do whatever. It's like, awesome. What are the adaptations that are happening? They're like, I don't know. Like, awesome. So like, you know, there has to be like a cross between experience, like real world experience, and then like 
bookwork because that is how you learn. And I, I don't think that, you know, if you don't have any sort of formal education, you can't be a great coach because clearly there's a lot of examples out there. But if your learning tool is the internet and the internet is full of so much bullshit and you don't have someone there to be like, actually, like, that's not right. That's not right. You know, it's kind of give you that those guardrails. Then that coach is going to it's going to take a long time to learn the things that are right uh, or the things that are like mostly wrong, right? Because we don't really know what's right. There's there's a you know good and bad answer for everything, um, but but like you know th- those are just like things that you have to ask. What's your formal education? Who have they worked with? How successful have they been? Who have they learned from? How experienced are they? And then what have they been able to do with all of that? Like those are the questions I'm asking if I'm getting a coach. Yeah. And I also think a good coach is always going to first and foremost, ask what your goals are and they are going to truthfully tell you, Hey, like, I think those goals are awesome, but I actually don't think I'm the right fit for you. I know this other great dietitian or this great trainer who I think would be a better fit for the things that you're experiencing and what you're looking to go towards. Because if a coach is just like, oh yeah, like those are your goals. I've never worked with that. That's not my expertise, but yeah, like hire me. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. Like that's not necessarily going to be a good thing in the long run. And that's something that like I've really valued when I've talked to coaches about like, you know, goals that I've had and they're just like, oh yeah, like that's awesome. But I actually don't think I'd be like the best fit for you right now. Like here is this person's number that I really, really trust. So that's a really huge component too. And then I also think like you really have to like that coach should be interested in like what motivates you, what encourages you, you know, what, what is it that you need from them? They should want to know all of those things just so, you know, you know, and they know that they're the right fit and that they're going to actually be able to help you long-term. Yeah. There's like so many things you could say, you know, about yeah. like what makes a good coach a good coach. Um, I will say, you know, as, as uh, I guess us, as people who have like, you know, experience in education and, and whatnot, I, I know it's, everyone has to start somewhere. Right. So let's say someone does have their RDN, um, but they just haven't like coached um, anyone really. H- how does a how does a client go about, you know, picking that person? Because at some point, right, like you, you, you have your first client and then you, you grow from there. But like, you know, why why would I why would anyone pick that person over? you know, a Brooke and a Cole or someone that might have like a lot of experience. Um, like, you you know, are those things that you, you all have thought of as hiring coaches, but also like as, as being a coach? Yeah, I think, you know, when, you know, like Brooke said earlier, we are registered dietitians, but then we like pick the specific area that we're interested in that we want to be an expert in. And that continuing education piece is huge in this. So, you know, after you become a registered dietitian, there are other things like Brooke is about to sit for her CSSD, which is certified sports specialist dietitian. Is that right, Brooke? 
Yeah. And then like for me, intuitive eating, like I eventually want to become like a certified intuitive eating counselor. And I think those are the things that like you have to look for is like, how is this person continuing their education and continuing to like pour into themselves so they can like better serve the clients that come to them? Yeah. And like I was that scenario, Ro. It's like I had all the book smarts. I even had all the experience, but it was in different areas. Like working yeah. with a sports team is very different from coaching someone <laughs> one-on-one. Like, yeah. um, but, and I didn't know how to coach. I really didn't because it was so different. The only thing we were taught in school was motivational interviewing. I don't know if you know anything about that. Um, <laughs> and there's pieces of it that are useful, but we were not taught those things in school So as long as someone is continuing to seek that education and at least figure it out or put some systems in place and learn, then absolutely, even if they're just starting, give them a shot, especially if you they check all these other boxes and you feel Mm -hmm. like it's a good fit for you Uh, because we all start somewhere. Right. So once I did figure it out and I actually hired my own coach to teach me how to coach, um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then we figure it out and then the ball gets rolling. But you got to start somewhere. So definitely give those people a shot as long as they're still actively learning and trying and seeking that education, then like go for it. Yeah, definitely don't like seek perfection in your coach because then you're just putting them on a pedestal and they're never going (laughs) to, you know, they're never going to meet that expectation. So as long as they're working and willing to learn and really trying to like meet you where you are and serve you in the best way possible, I think that that's super important. Yeah. Yeah. And then just a little tidbit there too, like meet you where you are does include your finances as well, right? Like maybe someone is ultra qualified and they're the perfect coach for you, but like you just can't afford them right now, then either wait or go with someone who might have less of what you're looking for, but is still going to be a really good fit for you. Um, But there's also a tricky line there, right? Because then you get into like the cookie cutter programs or like the influencers who are like, yeah, just give me a hundred dollars and I'll fucking do everything for you. And it's just like the same thing. Um, And that's just like, you have to learn how to kind of, uh you know uh, what is the word i'm looking for i'm still <laughs> i'm still on the tequila from last night apparently um you know search sift through all the bullshit but like mm-hmm. yeah that's that's super important too if if you know we can't all most of us can't hire people that are charging you know two three thousand dollars a month because that's like what they think they are worth and they might be worth that so yeah yeah so like diving a little bit more into this, like what do y'all think the those few like must have pieces are when it comes to hiring a coach? Like what are the must haves that you look for in a coach? I would say the biggest one for me is that the personalities are a good fit. Like the vision aligns, the values align. Because you're working with this person really closely and possibly making some really big hard changes. And I think having that right chemistry makes that process a lot easier. And I think that that should go for coaches as well. Like Mm -hmm. when you're deciding to work with a client, you want to make sure that they are the best fit. And this is the, you know, Nicole kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, are they really someone who, you know, without a doubt, you can absolutely help? Um, If not, refer them out. If it's not a good pit fit personality wise, refer them out. Um, you know, make sure that you're making it so it's a good match and a good pair on both ends as a coach and a client, I think. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, even so, I agree with that. And then, like, little things to there are some people who like don't like when people swear for whatever reason. And if I'm always like, hey, this shit is awesome, like, you did a fucking <laughs> great job. And they're like, I don't like you, then okay, I'm not, then good. Either you as a professional decide, oh, I should get better about that. Or it's like, hey, this is who I am as a person, and if it is gonna affect you, then like, I- I'm I'm sorry, wishing could have worked out, but you are like, we are dating these people, you know what I mean? Like, it it is a, re- a relationship where That's you so should true. be you should be able to send them memes, and you should be able to be like, hey, I just saw this, saw this, it's hilarious, and you're like, yeah, ha ha ha, you know. And sometimes it gets you in trouble with your actual relationship because I'm sitting on the couch with Casey, and she's like, who the fuck is texting you? It's 9 p.m. <laughs> like, I don't know, it's Dave. He just has a question, you know what I mean? Like, you know, I got I got all these side hoes. No, um, but oh it's God. it's like it is really important because. You should be able to to joke and you should be able to be serious about it as well. Um, but like uh, I just got a client. Um, his name is, his name is Austin. And, and I know I think he's working with you now, Brooke, too. Uh, and the guy, is, he's, he was very charming, so funny, whatever. And we're like, you know, dishing it back and forth. But he, he had said that when he was working with previous coaches, um, that he would get excited and like, you know, tell his friends, like, I-, I found my man, I found my girl, like, blah, blah, blah. Because that's what you do when you get excited when you're like, start dating someone, right? You're like, oh, like, this person excites me. Like, I think they're going to take me to these places, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, you know, there's so many times where like a month later, they'd be like, oh, how's your man? And they're like, oh, yeah, things didn't work out. And it's like, good for that person to be like, this is not what I needed. Like, I'm out of here. And I made a joke like, hey, man, I hope this is like a really long relationship. And one day you get married. Like, that's how long I want this to last. And like, that's that's what it is. You know, we're going to adapt to his work schedule on our schedule. And like, we're going to learn how to communicate and and figure out what it is that like he really wants and, you know, things that work. But you are dating this person <laughs> you know what it's i mean so like, true yeah they should know the things that make you tick and vice versa and you know that that's that doesn't mean you shouldn't like question what's going on because you absolutely should and that's that's probably the the main thing i look for in a coach is someone who when you ask them questions they have like a detailed answer even if it's i don't know like i you know i know because of this and this and this that it could be this but i'm not sure like that's fine with me. Most people should, more people should be better at saying I don't know. But like, if every question is I don't know, I just have always done it this way. That's a bad coach. Like that's not someone that I, that I want. But you know, just like because I'm such an inquisitive person, I need answers to why you think this way. And if you can't give me those answers, then I don't want to work with you. Um, and then same for my clients. Like you should question everything I'm doing. And you should ask why. And I'm like, here are my articles, man. Here's what I've written up. Boom. Ask me anything. Like, this is a very well thought out process. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, it's it's almost like what you would look for in a relationship. Yeah. You're like, it's how... like mic drop over there. That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so sure. true. Yeah. I think I love how Ro mentioned that he's like a very inquisitive person and he loves like that educational piece and needs to just know all like the nitty gritty things because I'm a very intuitive and emotional person. So (laughs) I want you to be able to sit with me in the hard feelings and like the ups and the downs. And I want to be able to talk about like what's actually going on on a deeper level. And that's something that's really important to me. And that's what I also like want to provide to my clients because especially with intuitive eating, you know, 
you're going through a lot of hard emotions and feelings of like all these things that you tied to food and things that you thought you couldn't have. And, you know, a conversation came up this week of like tying our worthiness to like the food that we eat. And like, that's something really hard to kind of like break down of, Oh, if I eat a cheeseburger and fries, does that make me a bad person? And if someone internalizes that and like, they can't go to their coach and like talk about that, like that sucks, you know? Yeah. And then like your coach should want to know that, like they should want to know those things that you're feeling and experiencing because you know, the biggest thing that's going to like make that grow, that like feeling grow is going to be like shame and isolation. So that's a huge thing with having a coach is you have that person that you can rely on and trust. And you know that you're not going the, going at this alone. Yeah, that, that just made me think of something that, like, there's so many motivators, right? And unfortunately, shame is a motivator. But it's like the worst fucking one. So and it just leads to more shame. And then also your client stops talking to you because they're going to be like, oh, Nicole's going to get really mad when I tell her that I had a bagel. And like, even though it wasn't on the plan and blah, blah, blah. And like, then then it's it's so weird because it also turns into like an abusive relationship where you don't want to leave this coach because you've given them X amount of money and they maybe made some stuff work. Um but things haven't been going well and you're like scared to break up with them. Right. And like, sometimes you don't even, you've never met your coach in person. So it's like, you don't owe these people anything, you know? Uh, But like that, that's such a, that's such a huge thing where if someone is consistently degrading you or tying your worth to food, how you're working out, you know, not taking into account life stressors and things like that, then that 99 out of a hundred times is not going to go well. Right. Like, if and I, I feel like I see this a lot with bodybuilding because it does have to be like a really strict thing and everything yes plays a role in how your physique like ends up but you know when someone says like hey man like I, I broke and I had two brownies right well one that probably means that like unless they're super deep into a cut and like their their competition is like next week or whatever that there's too many restrictions put on this person. And so the fact that they felt like they were breaking because they needed to just have like something of enjoyment uh, is a problem. And then two, if you as a coach are like, way to go, you fucking ruined everything. Like I, everything we work for, you, you threw out the window. Like then, then what? They're never going to compete again or they're going to feel horrible. They're not going to want to go to the gym or even worse, they're going to go to the gyms and they're going to kill themselves because they're going to be like, oh, I have to run for two hours and just to burn these two brownies off and whatever. And it becomes so abusive and it becomes so mentally bad for that person, which inevitably leads to them physically feeling worse and looking worse and then not performing how they were supposed to. And then their coach, you know, shits on them and never talks to them again because they're like, oh, well, you were just a bad client. Like, there, There's so many things that like get me angry about what we just mm-hmm. talked about. And I feel like I just opened up a Pandora's box in my mind. And I'm just <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, first I'm so angry. Of all, get it <laughs> out. That person it's should not so be a coach. Dumb. No, absolutely. But there's so many people that are like that. You know, yeah. like, well, this is your fault. You should have listened to what I told you. And only... In like rare, rare instances, like, is that allowed? But if that's your go-to thing where it's like, should have fucking listened to me. Yeah, maybe you also should have listened to your client and and like been like, oh, this is not working. Let's try to tailor it to 
to what is, but. Yeah, yeah, if someone has ever right. said that to you, it is not you, it's them, and you need to fire them and <laughs> yes. go be with someone who's going to love you. <laughs> love yeah, you well and help you. Because, <laughs> well, bringing it back to Rose's relationship thing, there has yeah. to be a good open line of communication where you feel safe to be vulnerable, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And even when you're like, I know this wasn't what the plan was that I was supposed to execute this week. This is honestly what happened. And that you don't feel like you're going to get attacked for doing so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, le- last night when, when we were watching the fights, my uh, my uh, a client and a buddy of mine texted me and he he was talking about something or whatever, but he, he like randomly sent me a message. He's like, hey, thanks for not being a Nazi about all this. And I was like, yeah, that shit doesn't work, dude. Like the, the person he, he was working with before was like, you have to eat 12 eggs a day. You have to like just some like uh, absurd shit. Like you can't, this guy works with beer and he's like, you can't drink beer. You can't do this. And he's a strong man. So like they don't have to, you know, they don't have to be on like the super cleanest of diets, but like there, there also has to be just like freedom. And I was like, Hey man, like you're one of my best friends. We're just going to focus on healthy habits. I'm not going to write anything for you. I'm not going to tell you what to eat, but like, you need to understand that like they're just small things fix these small things and like it's only been two weeks and he's like i feel way better and i'm just doing things that i should have been doing i was like yeah that's the point if someone is coming to you saying it has to be this way out i'm out which is i think what we're going to talk about when it comes to red flags here but like that that's just like it's such a weak style of coaching and like a bad personality trait too to be like yeah i just fucking know everything and this is the way it goes and like you don't know anything, which is why you're hiring me. So you should listen to what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, no. in my opinion, Ro, I would like to hear yours. I know you've always got one. <laughs> but in my opinion, science gives us this window. There's like a range. Very rarely is something a definitive yes or no. It's usually a range that science gives us that we can work within based on whatever is best for you and your body and how you're responding. So there should never be like, it has to be this way. Like 12 eggs is the answer. Like that just doesn't make sense. Like there's a range and there's other options and we have to work together depending on what your, how your body's responding to figure out what that is. Yeah. I mean, it's like, like uh, for ROI, at least I think on our website, it says like guided by science informed by experience. Like that's how it is. You know, like obviously I'm a scientist. So like the, I, I, I believe in it strongly, but I also understand that there are inherent problems. We've talked about how life is not this lab where I where we can control everything, right? Like life is life. And so I totally agree with even if 90% of the literature says this, but we've worked at it for a long time and it's not working with you, then you are part of that 10% that says we have to do it the opposite way. And if it works for you, that's not that... You know, and sometimes this is also saving the coach, but it's not that the coach was wrong. It's just that you were this odd case, you know, um, some things you can't be wrong about, like thermodynamics, right? Like, yes, calories in, calories out. Like there's a whole argument about what that actually means or whatever. But like physics is physics and like you can't break that. But that's when you all talk about like, well, you know, what affects intake of a calorie? Like you know, what you're stressed about, your energy levels, all that stuff. And that's why you all are way more qualified than I am at that. Because I'm like, yeah, as as a scientist, if you're burning 1500, then, you know, you need at least 1500. And you're like, yeah, but like, 
why are you burning that? Why are you, you know, what other stressors are, are maybe adding or taking away calorie expenditure and all this and that. But like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That science is a guide. It's not something that we should be like sticking to, but or like fully relying on. But at the same time, when science heavily says otherwise, nine times out of 10, you should, you should listen to that. And only through like, experience and trial and error do you learn when it's like mm, that actually isn't working for you because of abc or whatever so i agree yes Definitely. i can't ever fight science and like you i know? think <laughs> like this whole kind of like what we just got into like in row getting on his rant definitely you know is a good segue <laughs> into the next question of what are the, the <laughs> what are like the biggest red flags that y'all have seen in the coaching community well, my biggest pet peeve with nutrition is when you see coaches promising outcomes in a certain amount of time. Usually it's this crazy short amount of time. Like you can you cannot control how fast someone loses body fat and you can't promise like I can promise you'll lose, you know, I don't know, X amount of like 10 pounds in a month. Like, first of all, it's not healthy for most people. Um and second of all, it just doesn't make sense for you to promise those things. So I think it's a huge red flag that you should be aware of if you ever see someone saying, I can promise you X outcome in X amount of time. That's just not how it works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead Nicole. Sorry. Oh, all right. <laughs> well, no, because Brooke, I, I underneath that, because on the, on the notes, right, you said that. And I, I said like, yeah, I agree. But doesn't it kind of depend on the athlete and the goal? And because I'm always thinking about fighters, right? But you said body fat, right? And that's very specific. Like, we can't say you're going to lose 10 pounds of body fat. I, I will never say you're going to put on 50 15 pounds of straight muscle mass. Like, that shit is, it's not possible. Like, unless you are in a lab and you are getting <laughs> testosterone, trend, and all, all these other, like, you know, things put into you and everything is down. And even then, it's like... I don't know, man, your genetics just uh, dictate that this is not going to work in this specific amount of time. So I agree with that. And that that is such a such a huge red flag for, for sure. Um, and I did mention like the testosterone and the trend and stuff because like I, Instagram and the society we live in, like sex sells for sure. If you are, you know, hot, if you are tall, if you are slim, like, all that stuff, people see that and they and they want that. And they're like, I will do whatever it is that you're doing, even though maybe they're not doing anything special, but they can sell something that they think is special or they're on special sports juice that allows mm -hmm. them to do whatever the fuck they want. And they can still stay shredded year round. Like if you if you see because all that stuff is documented, right? Like we live in a society where you take pictures every day and you're posting what you're doing, blah, 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 and that stuff, especially if you were making money from it, like you have to post. But if you see that, you know, Tom and Linda have gained 40 pounds in straight mass over the past two years, and they have never once not looked perfect, there's something that should be saying, like, there's extra help here. Because we know from basic science, if you want to grow, you can't stay in an ultra lean physique. That's just it's a balance act. Like you just can't do that. And so if someone is just year round shredded, consistently getting stronger, consistently getting bigger, I don't know how to tell you this, but like your favorite 
powerlifter and, and bodybuilder are not natty. Like they, they are <laughs> on some shit. Okay. Uh, and, and I don't have anything against that. I, I'm very much like, Hey, if you want to push the boundaries of humans, like absolutely do it. But you have to tell people. Yeah. I just hate what, the dishonesty. Oh, I hate it. Cause yeah, it's like, Oh, just do what I'm doing and you'll get like this. Like, no, no one can afford the $10,000 in steroids a month that you're on. And if you tell them that, then they're like, oh, well, then I, what's the difference between working with you and this other person who, like, knows more? And, like, that's that's why they lie. But that's, that's like, a, a mega red flag. And, and you should be you should be critical or at least start to think, like, is that guy, is that guy natural? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, kind of like, hmm. Um, because we, we do talk about, like, you know, how, how the, the industry definitely, definitely targets and attacks uh, females and how they should look. But, you know, teenage boys are also like, all of my favorite athletes are stupid jacked. All of the superheroes in every movie are stupid jacked. So like, I have to look that way. And I have to do what they're doing. And so you buy the men's health and you buy the bodybuilding.com or whatever. And all that stuff, you do it to a T and you sometimes get results and sometimes don't. And then you're like, what the fuck is the difference? Like I'm doing everything that they're doing. And the difference is that they have just different genes and they have like full-time cooks and they have fucking steroids. And so like that is is the the biggest red flag for for me. And I know that like so many people get caught up just because they look great and you want to look like that. So you're like, I'm just going to pay this person whatever. Someone's um, six pack yeah. should not be a qualifier for them being a good coach. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's just not. Yeah. And I think like the biggest thing here too is with this uptick in social media, you know, the person that you want to look like, you do not know, like, like Rose said, all the things that they're doing or utilizing behind the scenes. You have no idea if they have a filter on their face. You have no idea mm. if they've had plastic surgery. Like, there are so many things that come into play here that, you know, they're only going to show you what they want to show you because everybody's trying to sell something. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not sitting here making content like, oh, let me show the front camera angle where you just open your phone and catch yourself off guard. Like, no, you're sitting there like, how do I how do I look good? Can I pop that chin yeah, yeah. angle? I'm not trying. You know, it that's just how it is. I was laughing at Nicole when she was here and she's like, filters, just the existence of them shows you can never compare yourself to someone on the Internet anymore. Yeah. Mm -mm. I'm like, yeah. I can go from trash to cash in five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> the flip of a button yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but i definitely guys. think awesome. like red flags that for me that i see in the coaching community ro kind of touched on this is like that all or nothing mentality you know if your coach is just like you have to be all in or it means nothing like if you're not then that's definitely red flag like say you know you first start working with somebody and the first week you have like that 100% effort, you're feeling awesome. But then the next week, like say you go down to 25% effort, like the goal is not to get you back up to 100% effort the next week. It's going to be more so to get you to like maybe that 50% effort. You know, that coach really has to be able to see like, these are the goals that we set. Like, this is kind of how you either are or aren't meeting them. Like, how can we readjust to really get you to that place of like consistency 
So I think that's, that's a big thing. If it's just like all or nothing and there's no middle ground or there's no like adjustment, that's definitely something like you should question or be aware of. And also like, I think if, you know, if a coach is only tracking numbers, like I know that that's something like we like to see is this concrete number, but they're like, we've talked about so many times on this podcast, there's so many other things that impact mm-hmm. your health and well being, And if you're only tracking numbers to measure success and you're not tracking, you know, confidence, self-talk, stress, energy, mood, all these other things, then that's, that's definitely not fair to you. And being able to see the whole picture and like where you're actually going in terms of overall like success towards your health and well-being. That's such a good point. And I want to hammer home that this doesn't uh, just apply to people who practice intuitive eating or mindful eating. I coach macros for people when it's appropriate for certain people, but I still track those biomarkers because a human isn't dialed down into numbers on the scale, numbers of gram they consume and the number of calories they eat. Yeah. Yeah, And and that stuff is, is that's, that's tangible, right? You can be like, we know this cookie has X amount of calories or like we think we know, right? (laughs) Some of that stuff is, is off at like 10, 15%, but you know, uh, Going And I love that you said this is not just for the intuitive eater and this is not just for, you know, what we think everyday folks or whatever. Like, this is also what we do with professional athletes. Like, we have a fighter who's getting ready and, and I have I've have a, a whole, whole list of things he has to check every day. And it's like we've put numbers on, you know, the food that he ate yesterday because it's just easier to be like – on a scale of one to five, what was your, did you get all your meals that you're supposed to be getting? Like, yes. Awesome. Did you take the time to breathe and relax? No. Okay. That's a one out of the five. Like those are made up numbers. <laughs> they really are. Right. We're like, oh, you had a five on sleep. Like, what does that mean? But it does allow us to say like, Hey, you need to sleep more or you need to make sure that you actually are eating whatever your dietitian told you to eat. I'm just here to make sure that you are actually following that person. But like, it's not just like something that is for the everyday person. So don't don't feel like, oh, well, like my favorite athlete isn't doing this or like they're ultra successful. It's like, yeah, they are. But, you know, they're, they're, they get their heart rate measured every day. They get to wear the, the aura rings to see how their HRV is. And there's just way more technology. But all we're doing is saying on a scale of one to five, how do you feel today? And people are like, well, I guess I've never asked myself that question. Like. <laughs> All right, you should probably do that a little more. <laughs> mm-hmm. For sure. Cool. So I think a lot of people think that probably like, oh, of course they're telling us like to invest in a coach because that's what they do for a living. But <laughs> I really kind of want to talk about our experiences with hiring coaches and like what kind of came from that and like why we truly believe that investing in a coach is worth it. So I, I can start. I was trying to think of the, all the coaches I've hired over the years. Um, I've Ro. worked with. Well, <laughs> yeah. I, I did. I worked with. I worked with Row. I've worked with personal trainers and like the fitness realm. I obviously, when I was younger and a competitive athlete, had coaches. But I guess more recently, 
um, I hired a business coach to teach me the things I didn't learn when I was becoming a dietitian. And I'm going to be honest. I'll tell you about my experience investing in myself. What's weird is I spent so much money getting my master's out of state, like a stupid amount of money uh, because I, I didn't get my in-state tuition because I wasn't working for the university until the second year. So oh, I, it's an embarrassing wow. amount of money I spent to go to yeah, Mississippi bro. State that first year. That's what bad. happened to us. Well, I also, you know, had a shitty time the whole two years. So whatever. <laughs> He's like, my life also great. sucks. <laughs> Um, but I, I spent so much money, right, for this degree, and I didn't really bat an eye. I'm still paying for the degree. Thanks, Uncle Sam, you know, so I got to pay that back. And I didn't really think anything of it because it was like, okay, this is what I have to do if I want to be a registered dietitian. If I want to be a registered dietitian, I, it's important. It wasn't required at that time to have a master's, but I knew it was important. It would add value, and it would be required by all of my peers in the soon classes. So, like, I don't want to be competing against more educated people. Uh-uh. <laughs> So trying to get that PhD, baby. <laughs> so I did. So I did it, and I didn't really think anything of it. But then when I went to invest in more, I don't know what you call it, like non traditional education of hiring a sure. coach to teach me how to be a coach and to teach me how to run a business and to teach me how to do all these things, I, I mean, I did a big gulp when I figured out what that investment was when I made the initial investment to myself and my business. But I like three xed it in a matter yeah. of like two months. Because I think it was also this like, this shit is real. I just invested this money. I pulled <laughs> money out of my baby starter 401k. Um, I'm not you know, recommending that this is for everyone, but I chose <laughs> to pull money out of what little retirement I had because I knew that this was my future and that if I really was serious about doing this thing, I wanted to go all in and do it right instead of waste time and waste money and waste energy. I just needed someone to show me the way and support me through it. And I have never looked back. I made an investment even three times bigger than that one after that first one that had me gulping. Um, and I made it all back even quicker in less than two months. Um, and I think that if anyone's like concerned, I guess, or you just have to ask yourself, how important is this to you? And the biggest thing when hiring a coach is, if you trust them and you trust their framework and, you, you know, really it's up to you if you're going to succeed or not. And so if you're willing to put in the work and work the process, then you will succeed. You will get those results and you absolutely it will be worth worth the investment. So I think that's kind of like my biggest lesson in working with coaches so far. Yeah, I think uh, what you said, it kind of goes back to the money thing, too, right? Like when you throw down a good check of change and you were like i am i am waking up on time i am setting my schedule you know like when you work for someone else you know like you have the time to kind of fuck around and like yeah maybe i won't do this and i'll do that blah blah and then sometimes it falls on you and sometimes it falls on the other people that you work with you know whatever but when you're like your own boss and how much money you make and the life you're allowed to live is directly affected by the amount of work that you put in like that that teaches you <laughs> you know when to get up how to set your shit um so i definitely agree with that you know i i uh i i think one of the so i have never paid for coaching with money uh i've always paid with time because like that that's all i have so it's like hey you know what I'm broke, but I will show up at 4 a.m. and I will leave at 6 p.m. and I will make this work because 
you know, like if you don't have money, then you have time. And that's just, that's like the, the most imp- important currency, right? Because you, even when you pay money, you have to put in the time to, to learn and to whatever. So a lot of the things that I learned, even now I'm learning just working at the performance ranch is like stuff that I'm like, fuck, how did I not think of that? But it was because I have someone who is like, it, it's hard for me to say that I have a boss just because like, that's who I am as a person where I'm like, I don't like anyone being over me. But Lawrence is my boss, you know, and, and he is like, hey, I need you to do this and I need you to like develop this. And I'm like, oh, OK, like that's something I've never even thought of. And so like I'm getting coached by him, even though I don't pay him. But it's because like we have a mutual coaching relationship where I'm like, you need to use more of this. And he's like, you need to, you you know, use more of this. And so like that's going to ultimately help me you know, in the, in the future with the things that I want to do. But like, I, I, I have never, maybe it's because I, I, even like when I was lifting, I was, I was still really green. And so I was like, Oh, I don't, why would I hire a coach? Because like, I know I'm not going to be some like elite level lifter or anything. And, and I didn't like, I devoted way too much time to it, but it was not something that like was going to make or break my life. So I was like, oh, I don't, I don't have to like put money down onto it. But if if I go into like like full blown, you know what, I'm gonna become an entrepreneur and blah, blah blah, then I have money set aside to where I'm like, this is all going to that. And if I decide to work for sports teams and, and you know, NASA or whatever, then that just becomes part of like my retirement or something else, or maybe to learn in, in a different way. But like you have to pay to play. Like you, that that's it. And for the most part, if someone is saying this is worth $4,000, then they probably have a lot of good feedback from people like, yes, it's been successful, this and that, blah, blah, blah. And there are unfortunately some people that will scam you out of money and they'll take a lot of money from you. So you have to vet that. But at some point, if you want to get better, like like Brooke said, you have to take some sort of chances that you know, are going to actively push you. Um, and we talked about you 3Xing your your money, which is great, but like you can 3X your health, right? You can 3X your life, your quality of life by like, oh, I'm sleeping so much more. I move more. I can pick up my kids. Like, how do you, how do you, how do you rank that? How, how, how much is that worth to be able to carry your kids around and like play sports with them up until you're like 50 or 60 years old? So, um, yeah, I feel like I went on a tangent there. I've never hired a coach for a bunch of things, but I do have like money set aside for when I decide to, if I decide to, um, because I understand the value in that. Yeah. I love that you brought up the cost of like, what is it worth to you to feel better and experience in those things? And, you know, that's a big for, you know, you're hiring, I guess, someone to help solve a problem and also, sometimes these are things like for me, it was like I knew that I would be able to achieve this result, but not in this time frame. Like I'm just mm. I'm just my personality. I'm like, once I get my mind on something like God help you if you get my way. <laughs> but I knew it would take me a really long time. Instead, I was able to like basically get someone to hand me the blueprint and be like, all right, I'm yeah. going to stand next to you while you execute this. You got it. And that's, I think, what was really helpful for me was, like, the speed of implementation and, like, getting the results I needed, which, like, really contributed to me wanting to hire a coach. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for sure. And 
you know, same here. Like Brooke and I work with the same business coach and that's something that for so long I was like, oh, I'll never like be able to hire him because that's just so much money or, you know, what if I can't do it? And like all these things just go through your head of, you know, is this really worth it? But, you know, that's where like this whole conversation that we've had of like, what makes a good coach? What makes it worth it? You know, those are all the questions that you have to continue to ask as well. Like, do I mesh with this person? Are their values in line with my values? Can they really like, do they really believe in me? And are they going to be there for me? Like through those ups and downs. And just like we've just kind of discussed, like, you know, what is this really worth? to you and like what value is it going to add to your life because so many things like you really can't put a price tag on it Mm -hmm. if it's really going to get you to this place where you feel awesome you're able to show up for yourself for your family for the people that you love and you know that like you are in such like a healthy place physically mentally emotionally like all of those things matter And that's where you just consistently have to ask yourself those questions. And it's really important to believe that like you're worth that, like you're worth feeling those things because a lot of the times we spend so much of our day just like giving, giving, giving to others and like pouring into others. And we think that like pouring back into ourselves just isn't as important, but you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't get like, if you don't pour back into yourself and you don't work on like those skill sets or those health behaviors or whatever it is, like you're not going to be able to give that back to the ones that you love. So I think that's, this is just all super important to just like sit on, think about and realize that yes, it is an investment, but I promise like if you really do talk and sift through like, is this the right coach for me? You will not regret that investment. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say two things. First is like, I totally agree with you can't pour from an empty cup, right? Like you just, you just have to have to be good with yourself before you go with others. And I remember, I don't remember where I heard it from, but it was like five, 10 years ago. And uh, it's, it's really when I like started, kind of, I don't want to say being selfish, right? But like put things in a perspective about like having to take care of myself before I take care of others. And it's like, it's I before we, we before all, where you have to take care of yourself in order to take care of those people like around you who like you care about, like your significant others, your parents, your family. Once that's good, then you can start to be like, let me fix my community. You know, let me, it's like this working out thing and or outward thing. And if you feel like shit all the time and you hate yourself and, you know, you're eating horribly and you're not sleeping, then it is damn near impossible to continue to keep doing good Um, unless you just keep going until you're burned out. Like that's a a part of the reasons why a lot of people get sick um, and die early. But um, another thing is like you mentioned, how do you put a price on that? And so much of it is like perspective where... Yeah, someone can be like, hey, Brooke, like $300, like it's a lot. And it's like, yeah, but like other clients are paying $1,500 a month. And you're like, oh, okay. All right. That makes a little more sense. But I remember I was, uh, shout out to Andy Peterson. We were driving to Chicago uh, a couple weeks back and 
he he said something like, you know, $150 a month is like, it's kind of a lot for, for training. And I was like, not really, because I charge 60 bucks for an hour in person. And so if it's $150 online and you are training three, four times, like, doesn't that math check out? And he was like, okay, yeah. But like, if, if you're going to see me 12 times a month and it's going to be $60, like then, then you're like, oh, okay, that is, that is much cheaper. And, and, you know, understand that again, kind of going to what I talked about earlier, where if the price doesn't work for you, then that's, that's just, that is what it is. Sometimes some coaches like, you know, I do have a, a couple students that like, I really liked and I was like, you know what, you're doing great. Like I'll half off this. I like you a lot, whatever, let's do this. But like, also as a coach, if you do that too much, you do devalue yourself. And so if you are a coach who is listening, like pick your point and, you know, have your reasons for it. But if someone says like, that's too much and you're like, all right, I'm, I'm sorry, this couldn't work, but don't be like, Oh, how about $99? Like, Oh, how about $50? You know, because then someone's going to come by and say, Oh, 50 is too much until you're giving away shit for free. And then it just becomes a problem. So, um, I, I love that you said the, the perspective about how do you put a price on certain things? And then I also, you know, I think I, before we, we, before all is a really simple way of being like, we do need to take care of ourselves before we take care of other people. And then the community around us. For sure. I'm really glad that like we got to dive into this conversation together because, you know, we've all dived into this entrepreneurship, you know, mindset, uh, career choice over the last year or so. And especially like during a global pandemic. So it's been a wild adventure and I'm glad that we're all doing it together. But I definitely think that I can be confident in saying that we all became coaches because we want to be the coaches that we never had. And, you know, it's really special to like be a part of this podcast with two other coaches that are really like trying to push past those, those boundaries of, you know, what coaching used to look like and what it's starting to look like now. So I really appreciate all the work that y'all are doing. And it's really cool to hear, you know, how you're impacting your clients' lives and how we can kind of come together and continue to like put this out into the world. There goes the feelings coming from Coco. <laughs> Very emotional, <laughs> emotional person. But young Buddha. No, I love it. We love you too. <laughs> But yeah, I think that kind of wraps up this this episode and I hope that you all enjoyed it. Obviously, like if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out to any of us. Um, we love hearing your questions. We love hearing your feedback. And if hiring a coach is something that like you're kind of on the fence about, definitely reach out to any one of us and, you know, we can answer any questions you have. And, you know, if it looks like working with one of us, we obviously always want to hear from you as well. Ro and I are currently accepting clients. Um, Ro is the master of all things exercise and performance, and I do all things intuitive eating, health at every size. Brooke is also a dietitian, and she specializes in athletic performance and body recomposition. Um, you can reach out to her and join the wait list to work with her for one-on-one -on -one nutrition coaching in the future. Be sure to follow us on health at Health Unfiltered Pod on Instagram. <laughs> Gets me every time too. No <laughs> <laughs> and definitely keep those questions coming. Rate us, share us, and leave a review wherever you get your podcasts. 
Um, but yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time. Cue that music. <laughs> Peace out, y'all.